fellow Marillion fans and lovers. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, All right, mate. Yes, hello, Biampod. As you used to say, Biamches. Remember that, Sonia? Oh, oh well. Oh well. <laughs> this week on Biampod, because Sonia has worn me down, we're doing some more Marbles letters. Sonia cannot leave anybody out. Do you know why? I feel really bad because they were sent through during the time we were really busy and our email inbox was packed with stuff. And there were a bunch that I just didn't see and therefore didn't put them over in the post bag. So just, um, just so yeah, I felt bad. Yeah, just so just bear in mind everyone, when we do a letters episode or multiple ep- letters episode, there's no quality control. We just read all of them because Sanya insists. Sorry. There's zero Sorry, pedantic. Yeah, zero quality control. Well, do you know I feel Marbles was a huge album, right? Yeah. And if any album deserves a lot of letters read about it, it's Marbles. Well, I just hope there's not a lot of repetition this week. That's all I can say. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) Can't guarantee that. I haven't actually read them. I've read a couple couple of them. Even better. So Sanya's worn me down and said we have to do another one because I can't leave anyone out. Why can't you leave anyone out? You need to look at that. You need to deal with that issue. People put in their time and effort to write into us and share their feelings and thoughts, and I would like to honour that time and effort. All the time and effort I put into trying to find work, does that mean I should automatically be given a job? Yeah. Or, or is it no? You should. <laughs> no, yeah, no. No, this isn't how it works. But anyway, you're my wife. You worn me down. Yes. But before we get there, there's a few... Uh, a few little matters of business to discuss in the Meridian world. Firstly... Business? Well, f- yes. Yes, other things. Stop playing with your hair. What's the matter? What are you doing? You it's really like distracting. Okay, we're recording a podcast. Be professional. It's main. Our main thing is that we're very professional. And I today know. you're letting the side down. I know. So, um, firstly, the band have announced that in the next few weeks, presumably after the Montreal weekend is over, they will be announcing the Marillion weekends, plural, for next year. Now. (gasps) Plural. So what does this mean? Does it mean they're not going ahead with the plan to just do Port Zealand? Does it mean they're going to do Port Zealand and other places? Does it mean that they're not going to be doing Port Zealand and they're just going to be doing other places. Oh, that These are all wonderful questions that we're very eager to find the answer to. I don't know. What do you think? If they did Port Zealand, would they be doing a whole new set for it or would they be... I mean, presumably, if they're doing multiple weekends, it's going to be new sets, not the set yeah. from this year. Yeah, well, plus as well, uh, the, the tour in the autumn is the An Hour Before It's Dark tour. So, so excited. Yeah. So we might get the whole album on the tour. I don't know. Oh, I hope um, so. But, yeah, that means we're probably not going to get all of them now before it's dark again next year. True. So whether they do somewhere else remains to be seen. Uh, but um, I don't know. I mean, it's... I'll, I'll ask you the question. If you were the band and Lucy, mm. would you risk Port Zealand, given that... COVID hasn't entirely gone away and there's always the risk of new variants, mm-hmm. given that they can't get insurance 
if it has to be cancelled and they stand to lose hundreds of thousands of pounds yeah. to the point that it would financially ruin them. That's tough. Add to that, you've got monkeypox, you've got polio now. Oh, you're joking. <laughs> yeah, polio's yeah, polio's back. back. It's like, yeah. um, you know, you know, when you have um, a film like the old Ghostbusters and all the, the original cast come back for a cameo in the film. Oh, it's all the diseases. <laughs> all, the, all the old diseases are coming Bubonic back. Bubonic plague's back, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> for a limited time only. The Avengers of disease. <laughs> yeah. The diseases. Bubonic plague, polio, measles, mumps, <sighs> rubella. So, yeah, so I don't know. Um, if it was me, given that, that if it didn't go ahead, even if that's a smallish chance, that then... Would I want to face financial ruin? <laughs> Not really. I mean, okay, if it were me, I probably wouldn't. Like, to not be able to get insurance if it was to be cancelled. Even though, the thing is, you'd have to weigh up. I think cancellation at this point is highly unlikely. Mm. But. Just don't know, do you now? In this day and age, you never know. Yeah. I think percentage-wise, it's highly unlikely to happen, but. We have had, we've been blindsided by the before, last two years. By the I last mean, two you know, years, not not only several disease, times over. We've had wars. We've had, yeah. you know, it's it's. We're also fake. You know, the world is probably going to go into recession. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's the issue of sort of the rising cost of living. It's it's a really uncertain time. Yeah. In. in which case, even if percentages were on our side, I personally would be would lean towards erring on the side of caution and not doing something as huge as Port Zealand, but maybe doing smaller weekends. Well, look, this year's round of weekends have all gone ahead. They've been a success. Yeah. They've probably achieved their objective in that the band have made money. And on top of that, they haven't had to tour relentlessly this year, which... You know, they've all made it quite clear that they don't love being on tour buses as much anymore, perhaps with the exception of H, but I know Rothers doesn't like it, Mark doesn't like it. You know, none of them are, are as young as they were. And that might be another reason why they're looking at multiple weekends next year. So rather than have to tour, the fans come to them. They're yeah. in one place for a few days. They can take their family mm. and friends yeah. and, you know, they, they don't have to travel. Because, yeah. you know, we all know how debilitating travel can be even when you're young. Absolutely. No, um, I love that as a, as an idea. I think that's an absolutely yeah, genius idea. And look, let's, yeah, look at the Leicester weekend. Even though, you know, we're all staying in different places. All right, okay, I was clearly coming down with an upset stomach over the course of most of that weekend and you were coming down with a cold we didn't realise at the time. But it's still a really social event. Oh, I had a great time. Yeah, it's still very social, even if we're not all in the same chalet. Mm. So, I don't know. Um, do we need what Port Zealand? What would you do? What would you do? Look, Port Zealand is, has always been special. It, I love Port it, Zealand. It's definitely special, yeah. It has a very special atmosphere, but it's not like if you didn't do Port Zealand, the the other weekends, it's not like they're a disappointment. Exactly. Yeah, you, know, you still yeah. go along and have a great time. The other weekends are all great. Port Zealand's just like a step above that. Yeah. Port Zealand's like optimal, but sometimes you can't have optimal. And yeah. if you can't have optimal, but you can have great, well, that's still pretty great. Yeah. So I don't, uh, you know, I, if they if they don't announce Port Zealand, I won't be hugely disappointed. 
I kind of go fair enough. I'd, I I'd say fair them. enough. Like I'd rather that they stay in business yeah, and are too. able to do more shows long term. Yeah. Like sacrifice the short term gain. Yeah. For long term gain. Yeah. I'd rather that any any day. Yeah, me too. I mean, it. it I'll be honest. The, the 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 number of people who came down with COVID after Leicester, mm. and also two of our friends came down with COVID after after Poland. It, I mean, there is part of me kind of. Uh, oh really? A little. I'll be honest. A little bit about these <laughs> these weekends. I'm sort of going. Oh, I'd hopefully survive COVID if I got it again, but I still don't want it. Yeah. It's not nice, is it? Anyway, that's that's by the by. But of course I'll go. If they announce, of course I'll go. I'll just do what we did last time, stand at the back and try and... Minimise your risks. Yeah, minimise my risks as much as possible. Lots of time outside. So anyway, so we'll see. We'll, we'll hopefully know in the next couple of weeks. But I think, I think as much as anything... Well, aside from the fact they missed a year, didn't they? So they're sort of a they bit... They might need to catch up, yeah. They're, yeah. they're a bit behind the ball in terms of, in terms of where their bottom line was they missed around a weekend but you know in lieu of touring i would be happy for them to do a weekend every year yeah but what i would request is perhaps selling day tickets you so know. you could just go for the day yeah because do they it, not do that for any of the places not well sometimes because um, didn't we get that when we went to yeah they didn't announce because leicester sold out this time i think they they do it if it hasn't sold out Oh, I see. So, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, so I think for the people who want to see just one gig, because yeah. 160 quid's a lot of money for, yeah. to ask someone to sort of commit for, you know, and it's three days out there. Not everyone can do that. Some people just want one show. Yeah, um, especially if you have to pay for accommodation on top of that yeah. and stuff. So sometimes it is, sometimes if you're only paying for accommodation for one night rather than three and you're only paying for one night of a gig, it's more affordable. Yes, the other bit of news, Amazon officially cancelled my copy of Fish on Track. The, oh, they actually did it. Yeah. That's the, sad. The book written by Graham Scarf that Fish didn't want published. i got to say, having done those... I'm struggling to say this politely. Uh, I may not be able to say it politely. I'm struggling to say it in a way that won't get me into trouble. Having done those that run of episodes on Fish Fish's career post-Marillion... And you know other things over the years, and on and now this. To coin a phrase, it feels a bit like the last straw for me, in terms of any last lingering traces of hero worship. That doesn't mean I don't still love the music he did with Marillion and the words he wrote with Marillion, but since the whole thing with the Fish on Trap book happened. And for those of you who don't remember, um, this book is, is was going through Fish's solo career, song by song. Fish alleged that all the information in it was taken from his Fish on Friday broadcast and he didn't like that. Um, uh, it all got a bit out of hand. A lot of Fish's fans on Facebook started laying into the author in a way that I found very distasteful. I found the whole thing distasteful. And mm, and so consequently yeah. now I'm sort of looking back at like Fish's leaving, some of his lyrics that he wrote and everything through a different lens, if I'm honest. Oh, really? Even way back then? Mm, you know, uh, even having done those episodes where we, we looked at um, every aspect of Fish, mm. 
it's I don't look at his lyrics in the same way anymore. What's changed? What if what difference have you noticed? If if you don't have to answer that. Yeah, but... I don't I don't know if I should. Uh, <laughs> if I'm honest, I don't think I should publicly. Okay, can you podcast. just tell me then <laughs> you can edit it out. Sorry to give you more work. You don't have to if it's too much work. Well, all songs. He very bloody relationship is is a tragic. It's all about interesting we'll still cover fish from time to time if there's something newsworthy we'll still cover that era because for me it's as much about the music but it's sad because i do feel like i've slightly lost something um in terms of my relationship to those those words back then and and who i thought he was just saying falling down sanya does it it's not a ghost it's not (laughs) geez just so jumpy Anyway, talking of fish fish news that we're going to cover, uh, he's launched his funny farm kitchen garden website. Oh, have he, you had a look? Yes. What, what are your thoughts? Uh, he writes a lot. Uh, maybe you get a... Is uh, it a blog or what? What, um, what is the website about? Well, it's very professionally put together. It's, I think, pr- primarily a, a gardening page. Uh, I mean, let's... Thing is, I I could start to read. We'll have a look as well. I could start to read his introduction, but you know, fish. It it it's war and peace. You know, it's the longest bloody. And look, sorry, I'm going to say it right. So it's a gardening blog. Basically, he's incorporated fish on Friday into it. You can pay a five a month to get access to videos, gardening tips. Um, I think his wife Simona is is doing kind of cookery videos. It's all very professionally put together, very slick. Mm -hmm. But when I started to look at it. Oh, it's maddening, Sanya. He was even having a pop at some old gardener that he had. What? I know. It's always it's always something wrong. There's always something gone wrong. That's what it feels like. I'm not going to say any more. If you want to go and see some fish gardening videos, you can. It's a five a month, which I think is actually quite reasonable. That's quite, yeah, that's very reasonable. Oh, we watched, by the way, we watched the, the fish video where his um, hemorrhoids burst, didn't we? <laughs> we watched that. Watched his clutching a straw show where he's is basically. There was a lot more blood than I thought yeah, there would be. Yeah, I know it was. Pretty... That was a lot of blood. Yeah, if you got his. Um, that was shocking. His latest live album, which is his rendition of uh, clutching a straws, um, during the show, one of his hemorrhoids bursts, and he's wearing light coloured jeans, and unfortunately, it's not a pretty sight. He soldiers on. He carries on with the show. I wonder but if he was aware of it. Well, I don't know. You'd think you'd be aware of like... With that much blood loss, you'd think he'd be aware. But sometimes, you know, you can scratch your arm or something and yeah. not know. I mean, it's quite brave of him to put it out. You know, a video of him where he's literally bleeding from the arse. Yeah. You know, that I didn't have on my bingo card for Fisher's career. But, you know, the, <laughs> at this point, I, I, <laughs> I'm willing to believe yeah, anything's possible. <laughs> Oh, man, alive. Let's do some bloody letters, for God's sakes. Get me <laughs> off this subject. Let's talk about modern Marillion. All right. Oh, first one is from our friend Regis the Wicked Pisser. Regis, I'm wearing one of the T-shirts you sent us. I'm wearing today the... Paul say, Paul's T-shirt says, <laughs> I make beard disappear. What, su- what is your superpower? Sanya is amused by this t-shirt because she says it's not very me but I love it because it's really soft and comfortable you do love it yeah Um, and I really love the 
um, maple syrup. That was oh, delicious. Yeah. Well, we've still got loads left. It was really, really nice. Pure Canadian maple syrup. All right, you want to read? Yeah. Okay, so Regis says, Marbles is easily one of their best. I got used to them making a great album, then a so-and-so one or two, and then a great one, except for Brave and Afraid of Sunlight. Oh. Back to awesomeness, and then a roller coaster of albums with highs and lows until Anorak, which gave glimmer of light with great work. Marbles is excellent, and I won't go song by song. I will just comment on two. One, Don't Hurt Yourself is Okay. It's not a bad song, but I do skip it more often than not. And two, Drilling Holes. If Pink Floyd and Jeff Lynne collided at 50 miles an hour, this song would pop out of the wreckage. Jeff Lynne doing his Beatles thing and Floyd bastardizing Welcome to the Machine. Throw it all in a blender and you get drilling holes. Mm -hmm. If you want an awesome smoosh up, listen to Puddles Pity Party, do Stairway to Heaven, Music and Gilligan's Island Lyrics. I know Puddles Pity Party, he's a sad clown. Um, Regis then says, don't listen to drilling holes unless you are going to bury this song in one of the holes. Thanks for the pisser podcast. <laughs> I've got nothing to say. I, I, this is the thing. I'm done with marbles. Are you? I've moved on. I know oh, this is the thing of doing this, this this episode so much later than all the others. I haven't really got a lot to add. I feel like I've said everything there is to say. But anyway. All right. I'll, I'll read the next one. This is from Pep from Catalonia. Hello, Pep, Pep. Pep, Pep. Pep, Pep. No, you're not going to say anything. You're not going to stop me. I'm just waiting for you to finish. Somebody stop me. <laughs> no, okay. Uh, this is Josep or Pep from Catalonia. I'm listening right now at the Marbles 5 episode and I can't agree more with Paul. I don't like drilling holes, eh? As I don't like don't hurt... Uh, as I don't like hurt... Don't hurt... Yeah, yeah, there. I don't like drilling holes as I don't like don't hurt yourself. Brackets, horrible, or the damage, eh? I have the same feeling as Paul for Neverland, a monumental song that caught my attention the first time I heard it, but I get kind of bored of it. To summarise, I like Ocean Cloud, an unforgivable thing the most, with the marble sections, Fantastic Place and Invisible Man second. A great album with fillers here and there. Anecdote, colon. Being a mayor myself in a tense meeting. What? Being a mayor in a tense meeting with an external company, the ring of an attendee's telephone with that piano intro of marbles changed the mood of it. Marbles 2, 3. Marbles 3, Marbles I think. 3. Sorry, change the mood of it. Uh, oh, and then he's got he's proposing some themes to tackle. Oh, the, go on. The period of four-piece Marillion in 1988. The process oh, what? Of, well, I wouldn't go that four far. Four-piece Marillion? I mean, I wouldn't say it lasted very long. It was just while they were trying to find a singer. I mean, we, we've sort of touched upon it in the, uh, the, the early Steve Hogarth stuff. They didn't, yeah, yeah. They played if I if I write one or maybe two fan club gigs with. And who sang? Was I it? I can't Pete? remember. Was it a guy from Rage or someone? Um, I can't remember. Pete sang at one, I think, and then a guy from uh, rock heavy rock band. Oh, it was a mate of theirs for another one. Fascinating. Uh, yeah. So the two gigs with an interim oh, singer, David, David Lloyd, Lloyd, there you go. It is a very curious period to me and the lost album with music that later would be in Season's End and Vocal Melodies and Lyrics by Fish that took us by surprise on the 1998 reissue of Clutching at Straws. I think we oh. covered that, didn't we? Did we cover those tracks? 
Lost Album. I'm not sure it was a Lost Album. I think we did mention yeah, the, the bonus tracks, tracks because... on Clutching at Straws. What were they? Well, there's a whole bunch of them. There's loads of them. But they were demos? They are demos, yeah. Yes, we did. We did cover them. Pep, go back Um, and find those episodes. And it was interesting to hear how some of them were uh, then worked into Season's End and uh, into Fisher's first solo album. But I can't remember what they were called. Oh, there's loads. There's like Beaujolais Day. That's Um, it. Oh, that's it. Yeah, Yeah. not View From The Hill. That's on the album. <laughs> That's on visual. I don't know. There were loads of them. Yeah, I remember that. Okay. Anyway, let's just move on because we've right. got to get through these. Otherwise, so, I'm not doing. A, I'm not doing another week after this week of Marvel's letters. And we don't I have any more Marvel's letters left. People will unsubscribe, and I will. This. I will literally. You'll kick off. I, I was going to say I will literally kill myself. That's overly dramatic. Paul. This is what you've driven me to. You've sorry. driven me to this. Sorry, not sorry. We've moved on. All right. Imagine what Anthony's I know you doing don't now. like going backwards, you... which is why I wanted to do this before we'd moved past it because I knew you wouldn't want to go back and recover yeah. it. You know what happens when we go away and our cat gets stressed? He loses all his hair on his ears and he throws up and he gets diarrhea because he's so anxious mm. and stressed. This is literally what's happening to Pedantony right now. He's, <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's moving around in circles, whining, and all his ear hair's fallen off and he's thrown up <laughs> and he's got diarrhoea because you've made him listen to another Marbles episode. Marbles Letters episode. This is the only time yeah. we're going I to swore, be able to do this. I swore after we did Brave, where there was like four weeks of letters, I swore we'd never do it again. And you forced me to do this. This is only the third week, so we haven't done it again. We have now. No, we're up to three. Oh, I don't know. There were three weeks of Brave. I was exaggerating for comic effect. We've done it. We've done exactly the thing I said we wouldn't do. You make me do these awful things. I want to hear what people are saying. Well, off you go. All right. So our next letter is from Norination Street. Yay, Brendan Norrie. Brendan Let's Norrie. say his real name. Yes. And he says, Norination Street here, your southernmost listener in Christchurch, New Zealand. Marbles is my favourite Mark Marillion album. To me, it is perfection. Exceptional playing and thought-provoking lyrics with very stylish packaging. I will admit, when I first received my copy in 2004, and some songs did take a while to grow on me, especially Drilling Holes and Angelina, I don't know why, but neither worked for me to begin with. I adore Fantastic Place. It's just a tremendous song with a brilliant Steve Rothery solo. And at the time, I was a new father and Neverland was especially poignant as my wife and I got used to sharing our lives with our gorgeous daughter and I still get emotional when listening to it. I also love Ocean Ocean Cloud, especially the lyric about this boy's a cream puff. As someone who was not the great rugby player my father expected... In New Zealand, rugby is a religion. Similar to Australia, actually. Mm. Um, But unfortunately, it was not my game, so I endured years of being called a cream puff. So to hear H's lyric does bring reminders of my upbringing, but made me realise that I was not alone all those years ago. Recently, I had to visit the satellite branch with work, which conveniently was an hour's drive from Christchurch, and it meant I could lose myself in marbles again as both as both Marbles discs were loaded into the car CD stacker, well, it would be rude not to, I really have nothing further to add. Marbles is perfect. 
keep up the podcast. I love listening to you both and enjoy the many laugh out loud mo- moments as with you as well as the serious stuff. It's good to be challenged. And Paul, I agree with you. John Cooper <laughs> Clark is a dick and the fall of crap. <laughs> Kia Kaha, Brendan. Thank you, um, Brendan. I just want to say sincere thank you. Despite kicking off, I do appreciate all the letters we get. Thank you, everyone. I'm being I'm I'm being a dick on purpose for comic effect. Thank oh, you. Yeah, no, because I love hearing people's different experiences and stories with the music that we've listened to and mm. just have gone through. What um so on that note, what does cream puff mean? Like did people soft, actually call people cream soft, puffs? Weak. Oh soft. Oh okay. Yeah. Not like, oh you're sweet. Oh god no, Sonia. <laughs> Soft lad. You're tasty. Well, you want a teacher saying that to you. No, okay, Sanya. Okay, sorry. All right, move on. I'm getting into dodgy territory. Right, the next one's from Mark Honeyborn, who I noticed at the end of his letter, can't remember what uh, nickname he was given. I think it was Gus, because there was a, in one of the TV regions in the UK, there was a rabbit, a pu- rabbit puppet who, called Gus Honeybun. Who uh, actually sold it? I'm calling him Honey Buns. Uh, okay, <laughs> Mark, Honey Buns is nice. Mark Gus Honey Buns <laughs> says, "Long time no email. I've moved uh, to live with my fiance and started saving for the wedding." So here's a quick-ish roundup from some that I've missed. Last email was for Afraid of Sunlight. Blimey, Mark! Whoa. I've listened to each album in turn, but I haven't really had the opinion either way if I've liked it or not. A good chance I've not been in the mood, or they've not been right for me. That was until an hour before it's dark. Oh, wow. Yeah. I've not listened to a Marillion album so many times repeatedly. Even the preview tracks went on repeat. I've not done a single track like that since We Wait and We Wonder by Phil Collins and the self-titled Genesis. I won't go track by track, but my standout of our bid is, well, the whole album. I'd put Be Hard on Yourself and Reprogram the Gene and Care over the rest of the album with the others a close second. Ah, one of those rare people who haven't put Crow and the Nightingale as number one. Is yeah. Crow and the Nightingale people's number one in general? Well, the band seemed to think it is, put it that way. <laughs> yeah. you know, given the introduction on the, 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 at the Marillion weekend in Leicester. I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, I know it's Rother's favourite. I thought, I thought Care was everyone, like the overall favourite. Mm, mm, people seem to really love Crow and the Nightingale, according to the band. I mean, I love it. I mean, I have oh, yeah, to say... Oh, yeah, no, I do love it. I just, I don't know why I just assumed Care was yeah, live, the majority's favourite. Click with me. Mark continues, I've attempted to go through marbles a few times, but since it's been hyped recently, it's one that I have need to have a bit more distance with. Yeah, Invisible Man is a great song, but the newer ones feel better in my ears. Okay, interesting. Now for Fish. Uh-oh. Other than the few hits from Misplaced, my only other contact with his work was with a few tracks that he did with Tony Banks, Shortcut to Somewhere, Angel Face, and Another Murder of a Day, which I've got to say, out of all the solo stuff I've heard, has been brilliant, and he works really well. So I might dip my toe into the Meridian solo back catalogue at some point soon when I get in the mood. I think that covers what I missed in the meantime. That's it. Uh, Yeah... You know, it's me sort of saying we're not really going to cover fish. When we run out of Marillion albums to talk about, we might go back and listen to some of that stuff. Um, particularly, you know, it's like Shortcuts of Summer. He was still in Marillion when he released that single with Tony Banks. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, you know, that was technically his first sort of solo single. Um, it was it was um, co-written with Tony Banks, but I actually really like Shortcuts of Summer. Didn't do it very well did really badly but 
from a, from a film. So that was before he'd officially split from Merlion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which means he was point. planning to split. No, what? No. From them. Well, okay. No, I think you're getting very confused. He, he just did it as a side thing. It's like oh, Tony Banks project. had a song okay. and said, yeah. "Would you like to come and sing on this?" You're overthinking it. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Got it. Next one. So our next is, letter is from Dave. He hasn't given us much to work with, has he? He's not given us a surname or anything. Davo. 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 That really? That's the best you can come up with, Dave. Davo. Dave the Rave. Hal. 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 Why? Hello, Dave. From 2001: A Space Odyssey. It was. Uh, that sounded really creepy. Yeah. Well, the, it, it was the computer. It was the, called Hal. Compu- yeah, that computer was would, creepy yeah. AF. What are you doing, Dave? Oh, don't. That creeps me out. Sorry. <laughs> I ban you from speaking in that voice. <laughs> when I'm in earshot. Why are you going in the pod, Dave? Oh, oh that's really not nice. Yeah. Hello, Dave. Hello, Dave. <laughs> I should have given it that voice. Someone needs to go in and redub Hal. Hello, Dave. What are you doing, Dave? <laughs> Anyway, right. Okay, so Dave says, I've just listened to your review podcast of An Hour Before It's Dark. Oh, these aren't all Marbles letters. They're just... No, they're, they're, they're a mixed bag. A mixed bag of nuts. So, Hal says, hmm. I just listened to your review podcast of An Hour Before It's Dark and whoa, so much emotion. I was welling up, especially when Sanya talked about her daughter's loss. My mum died in March, and you're so right. I'm treasuring every moment with my wife and kids. I sometimes think 25 more Christmases. I'm 56. But it doesn't make me feel sad, just grateful. I enjoy everything so much more now. I understand myself, my place in the world, and the gift my wife is to me to teach me. I really feel she is a bodhisattva. What? Anyway, what's that? A bodhisattva is like a... Um, Someone who's reached enlightenment or like a Buddha, but they choose wow. to keep coming back to earth to help humanity progress. Of course you know what that is. Well, I don't know if I explained it properly. Oh, that's fine. I'm sure you got like it Like right. an angel, I suppose, but in human form. Um, thank you and love your work and the time and honesty you put into these podcasts. Sincerely, Dave. Thank you, Dave. Stroke how. Yeah, um, sorry sweet. for your, your loss back in March, but that was a lovely yeah. letter. See, yeah. I do like them, really. Also like that that wasn't about marbles. <laughs> oh, you, you, your main thing is you like to keep moving forwards yeah. in life and you don't like looking back or what you perceive as going backwards. No. Sometimes it's nice to revisit. Is it? Yeah. This one is from Anonymous. Well, An there's literally, listener. there's nothing I can do with that, is there? No. Deep throat. That. Paul? What? <laughs> <laughs> In Watergate, that's what they they codenamed the informant. Is it? Yeah. Well, okay then. <laughs> the one who spilled the beans about Nixon. In Ocean Cloud, one specific verse completely overwhelmed me when I first heard it. The verse was, he remembers the day he was marched to the front by the physical knucklehead teacher of games. Look, lads, he declared, this boy's a cream puff. A lot about the cream puff this week. Yeah, that must, that, it sounds like that line was um, 
quite significant for a lot of people. No guts and no muscles, no spine and no stuffing. The whole school sniggered and silently thanked God it wasn't them. I know the nasty PE teacher is a well-worn trope, but at primary school I was abused by my PE teacher, culminating in the police and the social getting involved after a fairly nasty physical assault when I was 11. H's voice and the hard, heavy music on this verse made me exceptionally emotional. Obviously the words themselves are pretty typical PE teacher insults, but it's so easy to picture an emotive that I can clearly remember exactly where I was in my life when I had to deal with twice weekly emotional and occasional physical abuse from a PE teacher, surrounded by classmates laughing because they knew they'd become the next victims if they didn't. Marbles is a masterpiece, but Ocean Cloud is an extremely special place in my heart for making me properly consider a period of my life which I've mostly repressed or attempted to minimise as not that bad. I know a lot of this is me projecting onto the song, but I'm grateful nonetheless. Thank you for that and the honesty. And I, I, I get it as well because I, you know, I that, absolutely that that cream puff line. I don't think I talked about it when when we um, dealt with the song. But yeah, I, I was always like the last to be picked for games. I was, you know, but partly I've got absolutely absolutely zero hand eye coordination, and and on top of that. I was short-sighted so and I couldn't wear my glasses while playing games because because early on I got them broken while doing a PE lesson so I couldn't bloody see what I was doing anyway you know so if I was for instance so I remember this one time we were playing cricket in the playground um not on the field on the, in the playground this one time I was fielding now if you're fielding you've got to see where the ball yeah is um and I saw the ball somehow silhouetted against the sky coming towards me and I I I was like I'm gonna catch this I'm actually gonna catch it I put my hands up and I caught it but in the process of catching it I tripped over a bloody bin oh no <laughs> um, and it was like I thought oh oh my god actually I'm gonna be and I remember sort of this process thinking my god I'm doing it I'm actually doing it I'm making myself useful and then of course I, I ruin it um and everyone laughs the teacher laughed oh I, of course it was funny but when there's been like a sort of pattern of that yeah it's you know i remember uh yeah i can remember teachers calling me names in a way that was was done for the amusement of the rest of the class you know i I wasn't physically abused by pe teachers but there was a there was a thing about i you know i saw pe in games as it was absolutely an ordeal to get through because who was favored it was the ones who were more physical Mm. Um, and I wasn't like that. I mean, there were certain things I could do at school. You know, I was all right, all right at running, you know, not the sort of top tier of, of the sprinters in the class or in the, in the year, but I was all right. But but anything else, football, cricket, tennis, any of that, I was just terrible at it. Mm. Um, and that, for some reason, makes you a sort of target. You know, I was always always amongst the last picked. Wow. If not the last sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's bizarre how that stands out for a lot of people and yet kind of not being the best in the class at maths yeah. Gen- oh, yeah. generally yeah. doesn't make someone stand I, out. I was as... crap at maths as well. Oh. But... <laughs> <laughs> but no one ever singled you out and laughed at you No, for because that. That, here's, here's the reason why. is because particularly in maths, and things like that, you're putting a set, so you're with people of a similar kind of ability oh, to you. I see. With PE, that doesn't happen. Right. With PE and games, you're putting everyone's putting together. Yeah. So it's survival of the fittest. Yeah. You know, but 
with something like that. kids can be ruthless. And as we've just read and heard from you, teachers can be ruthless. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Teachers. I mean, I hope teachers aren't still like that because that would be incredibly sad. I would hope that there are all sorts of... I mean, you know, our daughter's a teacher, isn't she? And I know there are lots of rules in place. You can't hug a kid, Mm. for instance, anymore. So there are more rules in place than when we were growing up. I mean, I would have thought there's, you know, hitting kids is an absolute no-no. Yes. Uh, well, it is now. It wasn't when we were at school. Yeah. I mean, I remember one teacher hitting a kid with one of those shatterproof rulers and breaking it. Oh, my God. Oh, I remember being six and having to get a slap on the hand for not having done mm. my homework. The teacher would make us line up, like six-year-olds, wow. make us line up, and then she'd give us a... And she was a lovely teacher. Like, she's not, she was not a horrible, mean teacher. She was one of the nicest teachers. Wow. And she'd give you a slap on the hand with a ruler. Um, and that was just considered normal. Wow. And we still had the cane. Yeah, um, it was... We There was the slipper in our school. That was the... Oh, really? Yeah, in the headmaster's room. We had the cane, I think, until I was, like, in year four. But I don't know if it was ever a real big deterrent for kids because there was at least one boy in our class who would get the cane every week, literally mm. every week, and it never stopped him. It never changed his behaviour. Yeah. You know, it's a deterrent to the point that it's like electroshock therapy might stop you picking up a cigarette or something if you... Mm. you, you I, I don't know what I'm saying. But, but yeah, I mean, you know, the, I don't know what I'm saying. I'm not... Yeah, but clearly these kind of punishments or... Um, I don't even know what... Insults and, 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 and verbal abuse and stuff... They've affected people for long term. Mm. Oh, yeah. I mean, it took me years to get over my bullying and not only my bullying, but what I felt was victimisation by teachers. Mm. It took me decades. That's got to be even worse than being bullied by your peers because then yeah. it's a power imbalance of someone in authority bullying Well, you. you kind of think, oh, those are the people that are meant to protect me exactly. from the bullies. But when they join it, there's one specific yeah. incident that I'm thinking of because I've talked about this before, that there was a nickname I had at school. You still don't know it. No. I've been with you 11 years. I cannot say this word out loud. Yeah. Because cause of the damage it did to me. Um, because everyone called me it. See, it makes me choke up then trying to say it. Uh, everyone in the school called me it and I fucking hated it. Um, I remember even, to the point, I remember the day it started. I remember when someone said it for the first time. I know who it was. Um, you know, and I know where it was and it started in middle school. Cause back then there wasn't, you know, these days school, you're kind of at primary school to what you're 11 and then you go into, in the UK, what's called high school from 11 to 16. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember it's, but back when I was a kid, you kind of were at primary school from like five to eight or nine. Then you were at middle school from sort of nine to 12 and then from 13 to 16, you were at high school. But, um, but yeah, I remember at middle school starting, so I must have been sort of 11, something like that. And then it just carried on. It sort of spread like a, a sort of virus, this name, and just people knew me as it. And I remember this one time uh, we were doing, it, it was PE, and we were doing high jump. And I, I I was fine at it. You know, I was tall. I was, I was fine at it. But every time I did it, all these thugs would go, and then call me the name, and everyone would laugh. Oh, my God. Uh, and then I had to go again, and the teacher you called me it. 
with a wow. big smirk on his face. Well, then, Let's see how uh, handles yeah. this now. And then, um, you know, I'd had it the whole lesson. This was the thing. Like, the teacher had picked up on it because the whole lesson, I'd had people calling me it. Um, yeah. And then... And was it clear to them that you didn't like this name? It was playing to the crowd. It yeah, wasn't they, a flat, didn't, it, they did not It care. wasn't a flattering name. No one would like to be called it. Mm. Um, and the... The yeah, the reason why I can't say it to you is because what yeah, when he called me it, the the laughter that sort of went round all the kids, he said it purely for playing attention. For the, for, yeah. Playing for to the crowd. Mm. I am so scared of saying it to you and you laughing that I cannot bring myself to do it. Yeah, that's long term damage. I'm fifty years old. Yeah, that's long term damage. You know, and that and was this is partly from that teacher. Yeah. This is the thing, you know, it's 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 happened to so many people that they've gone through these kind of experiences in their formative years and they just stay with you. Yeah, yeah. And that damage just stays with you and then you have to go through a really conscious healing process that, to try yeah. and repair that. But weirdly, it's like, you know, I, I, had phys- I was physically bullied as well. By the teachers? No, 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 no. But oh, by, by your peers? Kids. Yeah, you know, I, I had... Yeah, I remember, wow, having, having a dart thrown in my leg. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah, blow dart. They, a guy's kid was going, yeah, b- fired a blow dart at me and it stuck no in way. my leg. Um, you know, it, it was a constant, literally every day, it was just sort of trying to run this gauntlet of trying not to be hurt. God, it and, sounds like a war and zone. And I, I was singled out, I think, for, well, several reasons. Uh, you know, one, I was really tall and gangly and thin. It's I, I do think part of the reason why I've packed on weight in my later life is is partly because I don't want to be that sort of gangly kid who felt vulnerable. The vulnerability. I was also just I had a weird sense of humour. I did weird things <laughs> that I found funny, but, you know, of course, it didn't fit in. So that was, people just thought that was weird. I had glasses, you know, and a bum fluff moustache. I kind of grew hair on me up a little bit early. And so they're just things that differences. But I was too tall to fly under the radar. There were other kids who sort of were similar in some respects, but they somehow flew under the radar and I didn't. I stood you out. You stood out. And also on top of that, I wasn't physical, so I didn't fight back until there were a few times I did in the end. You know, I gave someone a, bro- a black eye. I gave, I broke someone's tooth by hitting them. Was that back. when after you'd been pushed to the yeah, limit? Yeah, absolutely pushed. But... My way of dealing with it ultimately was being funny, was was developing... Oh, like disarm them with your humour. Yeah, you know, do, putting on these stupid shows for the whole school, which we did for charity, silly sort of sub-Monty Python things. But weirdly, the physical stuff, the stuff for my... the other kids, I've I've kind of moved past now. But it is still that name, and particularly that incident with that teacher joining in with it weirdly mm. that has stayed with me it's not the physical stuff it's it's the verbal stuff that stays yeah but yeah that phrase sticks and stones will break true. my bones but words will never hurt me is the biggest lie anyone has ever said yeah. um yeah why do you think it is that there's the teacher has because it's all the things the we sort of said it's like a, an authority figure yeah uh joining in with the with the the bullies, yeah, like being so it makes becoming it, one for some reason, it makes it worse. How is the world? It safe? makes it worse because yeah. they should know better. Yeah, one, they should, in theory, know better, and two, in theory, they should be there to protect you. 
Well, when we we did our um, when we did our counselling training, you know, conditions of worth are, are, are put in you by what, what was the phrase? Not significant others, um, but but you know the the formative people mm. in your life tend to be sort of adults mm-hmm. who who are the people that shape you mm-hmm. as when you were a child, and that includes teachers. Unfortunately, yeah, of course, absolutely so, includes teachers. You spend six hours a day with your teacher at that age yeah more almost more time than with anyone else yeah but it's weird i don't know i mean i'm just pretty secure in who i am obscure in my abilities and what i've done with my life i like who i am but that one little thing that that name i cannot say it chills me the thought of me saying it to you and you laughing the other thing was i sometimes when i'm wearing my glasses i feel really vulnerable do you remember that time the first time you discovered that yeah i accidentally i was and I'm making the bed and I hit myself in the face when I was like lifting up the duvet and I knocked my glasses off. And what happened to me instantly in that one, because, you know, that brings back the times that I got punched in the face or had like an apple thrown at me that broke my glasses one time or mm. countless times I got my glasses broken at school. Countless mm. from people punching me. I've still got a little scar actually from one of those incidents where the glass cut my face. Do you? Yeah, here. Uh, oh yeah yeah you know that scar that yeah. was from my glasses being hit and the glasses cut in my face what was I saying how was I get on to that um, oh yeah when I hit myself in the face with my glasses my instant thing is like a sort of fight or flight yeah in me it's because like it a, reminds me of it a trauma reaction yeah but you laugh because I was you know you thought I was being typically clumsy me you didn't know yeah, that yeah I thought you were being that. silly and yeah. comical um, but and then you got really upset because I was like don't laugh Oh, yeah, you were me. really shaken up. I felt yeah. terrible. Yeah. And then, you, yeah, but that, so that, I'm still with my glasses. I still feel vulnerable if I'm wearing them because if someone hits you in the face, that takes away, you know, knocks my glasses off. That takes away my ability to see. So I feel even more vulnerable then. Mm. Yeah, which is why generally if I'm out and about, I don't wear my glasses. I only wear them at home. Oh, wow. Because... I feel unsafe wearing them when out I'm out in the world. Yeah. So you only feel safe in your home, in your safe space. Yeah. To to wear them. Be yourself and have your glasses on. Yeah. And put yourself in that vulnerable position. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, God, that all got a bit heavier than I was expecting. This next letter is from Daniel Hanby. 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 Hanby a wasp. <laughs> What does that mean? I don't, like, Hamble. There you go. Hamble, Hamble. from Play School. He might not get that because <laughs> he's, he's from Montreal, I think. Oh, uh, so they Ham- might have had Play School in Montreal. We had it in Australia. Hamble was a terrifying doll from a kids' TV series. Hamble the was UK. the best character in Play School. Hamble Lecter. Uh, Daniel has written us two letters, one of which is about marbles, one of which is an hour before it's dark. Um, and he's asked us some questions. I Let me just say thank you for the marbles letter. We're just going to read out. The other one, though. Is that all right with you, Sanya? Yes, that's fine. Okay. Okay. So Daniel says... Hamble. Hamble says, <laughs> I love the podcast. I was searching for a Marillion podcast and was delighted to find one. Here's a bit of a preamble before my actual question. I'm a 20-year-old Marillion fan from Montreal. Oh, a young, youngster. Yeah, a I youngster. know. I know. Last year, my dad made me listen to Misplaced Childhood... And I enjoyed Kaylee and Lavender, but didn't necessarily love the rest of the ah. album. 
a few months later, I got recommended Fantastic Place by Spotify and it clicked instantly. I then went back and listened to Marbles and it is now my second favourite album, second to An Hour Before It's Dark. I much prefer the H era because he's both an incredible lyricist and a phenomenal singer. And he's not a bastard. <laughs> Paul. What? Well, I'm not gonna... saying anyone else is. I'm just saying, you know, H, oh, and he's a nice H the current yeah. singer of Marillion, isn't a bastard. Yeah. I'm just saying that. But the current singer of Marillion is not a bastard. Yeah. I'm not saying anyone else is or any, you know, necessarily. I'm just saying H, one of the reasons I really like H is he's not a bastard. Okay. My question to both of you <laughs> is, which album clicked for each of you on the first listen? I'm enjoying going through all the albums with you, even if I was not that into the fish era. And finally, I would love to meet you both someday at a convention in Montreal. Much love from Daniel. Hamble. First of all, I want to... Hamble. <laughs> I, I would love to go to Montreal. Well, like, yeah, oh, that's on my bucket list. I yeah. so want to go to Canada. If anyone would like to pay I really for us to go to, go to Canada. Canada. <laughs> <laughs> it's, so, like, it's not going to happen, Paul. If we've got any rich we listeners. sponsor us. Yeah, sponsor us to do, do Beyond Pod from, from Montreal. <laughs> uh, yeah, of course, that'd be amazing. Um, album that first clicked. It's really hard because because all my favourites didn't. All, none of my favourites did. All my favourites didn't. What's the right way of saying that? I said that. None of my favourites clicked instantly. Yeah, none of them. And that includes Miss Bass Childhood when I first heard it. Really? Yeah. I have to say the first one that clicked for me instantly was Misplaced Childhood. Mm. Um, But also uh, An Hour Before It's Dark. The closest for me was probably Marbles. But that, not everything, just because there was so much on there, like the poppy moments, like Fantastic Place, that's very accessible. Yeah, actually Marbles as well. Yeah, Marbles as well, for sure. Um, So Misplaced Childhood... Marbles and an hour before it's dark, instant clicks. But saying that, Invisible Man didn't click straight away. Did it not? No, but then none of my favourite things did. So, but weirdly, Ocean Cloud did. <laughs> um, ah. I loved Ocean Cloud immediately. That's fascinating. Yeah, yeah. They all, I think that's the joy of Meridian. They all take time. And uh, and hour an hour before it's dark... I could tell it was going to be a good... I've got to this point now with Meridian albums, I can tell when it's going to be a good one. Even if oh, I don't right. immediately go, I love it. Yeah. An hour before it's dark and fear were very much like that, where I was able to kind of go with both of them. Okay, I don't love everything yet, but I know I'm going to. Yeah, um, yeah. Because at first it's overwhelming. You know that they're growers. <laughs> yeah, they're yeah. overwhelming sometimes. It just like sounds like a wall of noise at first. And with both those albums, which are without a doubt, top-tier Marillion albums. It's it, it, Both of them, i kind of gone, where are the tunes? <laughs> that I have a theory that it's because of that, that you're able to listen to them, like you're able to love them longer term mm. and listen to them and re-listen and re-listen and re-listen without getting bored for a longer period of time. Because there's so much in there. There's so much detail and depth and intricacy that every time you listen to it, you can hear something new. Yeah. That's my theory. Yes, it's a good theory. Uh, and I think you're right. I think it, they have layers that take a while to unpeel and unpack. Mm. Just to sort of say again, uh, Daniel Hamble, uh, Hanby, sorry, Daniel. Uh, what does he say? 
he says, well, he goes through Marble's track by track in his second letter. So, uh, and he awards it 9.5 out of 10 overall. That's very good. And it would be a 10 without drilling holes. Oh. <laughs> what do we do about this next letter that's actually an image? So the next letter is from Matthew Ravel, and it's an image. Malteser. It's one of the Malteser. Was it Malteser? Something like that, Revels, Malteser. Um, it's an AI image with the instruction to the AI machine was fish from Marillion eating banana while riding a motorbike. <laughs> this is so weird for anyone who doesn't know. I had to include it because I wanted you to see it, Paul, because you love AI images. I do. And I think you could chuck it on Twitter or on Facebook for all, right. all our listeners the, to have well, a look okay, at it Well, okay, I would do. But when I started putting up these on Facebook, mm. these weird AI-generated Marillion-related images, uh, I got a lot of likes, but then there was one poor listener who said please stop this <laughs> which cracked me up but i did stop <laughs> i mean they're not very nice to look at no they're awful to look at um but i have to say these these ones of fish from marillion eating a banana while riding a motorbike are some of the better images I've seen. Well, well Although better you in, can't, you can't tell that it's fish. Better in the sense that then um, they don't trigger my tryptophobia. Yeah. Okay. Um, All right. The Dali Mini is the AI thing. If you go do a search for that, Dal D A L dash E Mini, um, and if you want to generate your own AI art, that's where to do it. Okay. So our next letter was from John Nicholas. Do you want to give him a nickname? Commando. Yeah, as in Nicholas. Oh, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> this really fake, Sonia. <laughs> just to let you know, we just did all, already record this bit where Sonia had a far more genuine reaction to my joke that John Nicholas is called Commando because he goes Commando, Nicholas. Uh, but in the in the process of reading through his letter, I went, that's so good, we should do a whole episode on yes. it. So, so we John's are. basically compiled, you, um, you know our episodes on Setlist no, FM. D- d- don't tell them what it is. Don't tell them. We'll reveal it next oh, week. Oh, we'll reveal it. Okay. Yeah. So, John, you're getting a whole episode to yourself. All right. I mean, it might not be the whole episode. We'll have some other stuff to talk about. Too. Okay. All right. But yeah. We're, so, next week, we're going to be talking set lists a little bit more because John has done something really interesting. Yes. Thanks, yes. John. Thank you, John. Thank you for giving us uh, more content. Yes. <laughs> Okay, so the final letter is from Barnes. Barnesy. Uh, uh, okay, fine, Barnes. Jimmy Barnes, yeah. isn't he the Australian? Yeah. he's still going, I think. Is he? Apparently. So, uh, I have much to say about this letter, by the way. Oh. Well, bits to say. Barnes, I'm a big fan of your podcast, although I was a bit late to it. I love the show with a legend that is Wixie, Mockillian, president of Web Yorkshire. Keep up the oh. great work. If you're ever desperately short of content and fancy a chat about the greatest band in the land, I'm more than happy to ship in. In other words, I'm jealous of Wixie. Best Aww. wishes, Barnes, a.k.a. Andrew Wood. Oh. Why is he not called... Why is he called Barnes if he's... Oh, know. yeah. Maybe he's a big Jimmy Barnes fan. Maybe. Um, weirdly... Barnes, I know exactly who you are because we have a mutual friend in Shogs. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah and you often, I don't think you and I have ever spoken, but frequently you will come up and say hello to Shogs while I'm stood there. But for some reason we've never spoken. I know exactly who you are because you're one of the uh, Hawaiian shirt posse, oh. which I think is the Web Yorkshire. Oh, wow, <laughs> so, okay. Um I'm, you know what, I, I'm i going to say, yeah, we will have you on at some point. because Not yet, 
to calm down. It's not going to be next week. Because the, the, you lot are sort of omnipresent at Marillion gigs that I go to and at Marillion weekends. So I'd be interested to talk to you all, given that yeah. I think a lot of other people as well know the Hawaiian shirt. And hear Lot. your story, yes. Yeah. Where did the Hawaiian shirt come from, the idea for it? Yeah. Also, I'm curious to know how late you came to the podcast, whether you just listened because Wixie was on it last week. <laughs> but, but we'll get into that when we get you on. Yeah. Oh, so, cool. Anyway. Excellent. All right. All right. Well, okay. that's all the letters. That's all the letters. Uh, so next Thank week. Thank you very much for them, everyone. Yeah. Next week, there will be another letter, but it's it's more discussing the spreadsheet that Commando has Stats. done for us. Stats. We've got another letter. Stat. Very good, Sonia. Very good. Thanks. That's it then for this week. Uh, if you want to support what we do, go check us out on Patreon, www.patreon.com slash Mr. Biffo. There's a couple of, well, there's a lot of, of bonus episodes on there. I don't think we're doing one this week, but next week we will. Sure. Okay, then. I was going to suggest we record one after this, but I'm really hungry. <laughs> oh, fair enough. All right. <laughs> so that's what's, that's Paul's what's hungry, everyone. Uh, and we've got to record a Riders Club podcast for our patrons. Yes. Yes. So, yeah, you can check us out on that. You can buy a T-shirt. Um, hey, I've just, Tanya doesn't know this, I've just literally released a new EP. I did just see that. It came up on um, my email notification. Go over, listen to it. And, you might like it. And it was like... What? He never told me. Two new songs. Secretive man well, creating music in his own little secret well, why were you world. Ha- no, well, I've been creating the music Doesn't for ages. want to share it with his wife. While you, I made, I shared it. Shares it with the world before I he even shares it, it with those who love him the most. I shared it because I made a video for it yesterday afternoon while you were having your meeting. Uh, <laughs> so I thought, yeah, I had, you know, I was waiting for you to finish your meeting. Okay. Um... But you could have you could have mentioned it afterwards. I mean, I don't well, know. I only uploaded it literally as I was sitting here, ready for us to start recording while you were getting settled. So I've told you now. It's gone up in the Along last with hour. The rest of the world. Yeah, it's got two tracks. One would think that it's a it's a two track. E- Let me plug my music. It's a two track EP. I'm very pleased with it. There's uh one one song, sixteen minutes. The other one's not as long. That's very prog. Yeah, isn't it? Just I, mean, I don't think it sounds very prog. It's more just like different songs stuck together who does that sound like (laughs) (laughs) that sounds prog enough for me um so you go do that on bandcamp that's where it is bandcamp mr biffo mr biffo just look for mr biffo on Bandcamp. and is that one word m-r-b-i-double-f-o or m-r dot space b-i-double-f-o don't confuse them m-r-b-i-double-f-o on bandcamp one word yes the song's called or the ep's called ascending and the second track's called ginsburg that's actually my favorite of the two Nice. It's less commercial. <laughs> uh, what else is going on? Um, what else can we do? If you do want to write to us about anything, beampod at gmail.com. Hopefully, Sandy will remember to put all the emails into the right bucket this time. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be doing somewhere else in a couple of weeks, probably start the week after next. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, if you've got anything to say about somewhere else, and particularly what I'm interested in hearing about is the, are the years between marbles and somewhere else? What kind of. Thing would you like to hear well, about? Well, what are your memories of those years? Because that was a big gap for Marillion fans. So, what are your Marillion memories? Yes. Well, yeah, not just general memories. I don't care about it. It's a Marillion podcast. It's not like the general memories podcast, Sanya. <laughs> what are your memories of the three years between Marillion albums? No, please do not write about Marillion. Just tell us your general memories. 
of the years 2004 to 2007, but with no mention of Meridian. That's very important on a Meridian podcast. You're giving me death stares, I think. No, I'm not. I'm just, I'm just thinking if someone only, if they like tuned out for a second and only tuned in for that bit, they're genuinely going to think that you're asking for non-Marillion related memories. Well, they did, yeah, there were lots of gigs during that time. There were Marillion weekends and so forth. A lot happening. A lot happening. Right, that's it then. Uh, Subscribe, tell people about us, blah, 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 blah. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thank you.